welcome to Burning the Edge. We would like to welcome to the tea our host, Mr. Arthur Miller Jr. Uh, we want to welcome to the tea my uncle, bro, Meet, to meet you, Anthony. Um, he went, he, we've been playing golf together for a while. Uh, tonight gonna be a little different though. We're gonna talk a little golf, but we 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 got a major topic that's uh, for for the men to talk about, and uh, not only the men, but it's it's for women too. Um, what's going on, bro, Meach? How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. So how did you get into golf, man? Brands. Brands got you into it. Brands did. Oh, you know, okay. used to talk about how. Uh, he and 50 used to play, and I, I got an interest in the game. You know, this was back during the time when when Tiger was first coming on the scene, and, you know, black people were getting into golf in droves. Yeah. Well, well, Tiger, that, that piqued my interest. So, hey, I, when he got me a, a little set of clues, and I went out there chopping away. Yeah. <laughs> so you, this is where you, this, was this when you was at the law firm? Uh no, well, no, it was after that. I was okay. I was working at Bell South at the time. Ah, okay, okay. I thought the the law firm guys might have had got you on the course, man. Well, I did play in a scramble with them. Yeah. Um, but and it was fun. I enjoyed it, but it still wasn't my cup of tea. Then, <laughs> that time. I hear you. you so know, I, I want to. Just to do something, you know, because I was interested, I was curious. Yeah. To see, and I, so it wasn't as easy as, you know, you would think it would be. Right, right. So, what, uh, what would you tell uh, a beginner golfer to, to, to keep them encouraged? Because it can be discouraging sometimes when you first get started. What would you tell them to keep them going? My, the, the number one, piece of advice that I would give to a new golfer is to take lessons. Yeah. Take lessons so you can learn proper techniques. You don't develop bad habits that you'll have to break later on. Yeah. That's that that's, some, be, that's some good advice. Yeah. So um, how long have you been playing? So that's been about, I guess, about 20, 25 years? Uh, I started playing in the late 90s. Okay. So in yeah. The late 90s. Yeah. So, um, do you still watch golf, or you, you kind of lost interest in it, or where, where are you on it? I still, I still watch, uh, watch some. I don't watch as much since Tiger's not playing. Cause I, I used to like to watch Tiger play, and he had a a mental edge, a mental toughness to him that was, I mean, just that just inspired me. Yeah, you know, and. Uh, you know, after, and in my opinion, after his father died, he kind of lost that age. Yeah, yeah. Lost his focus. He was, he was mega focused on on one goal. That was, you know, beating everybody on the course, and beating them soundly. You know, right. he didn't want to be no doubt. That he didn't want to be close. He wanted to blow the field away. Right, right. So that that piqued my interest. God became interesting to me because you would see all the guys going after Tiger and. You know, they changing courses to, quote, unquote, tiger-proof the courses. I'm like, what kind of stuff is this? <laughs> no, I never heard of, um, 
no, them trying to proof a course for anybody else, but they no more tiger proof a course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that was amazing to me. Yeah, that's that's very interesting on how uh they would try to do that. Um, yes. Do you see that coming back anytime soon? Where they try to change these courses to to, you know, I guess kind of keep the scores at a certain point. I guess. Uh I don't know, because everybody, you know, all of the the top players, they're so long. Yeah. And at that point in time, Tiger was the longest hitter. Yeah. You know, so he was reaching par fours and, you know, <laughs> almost off the tee. So they start lengthening courses and start making the fairway, fairways narrower and, you know, putting sand traps in the land area, that kind of stuff, man. You know, I guess... That's to keep it competitive, but no, you don't. Anyway, that that I guess that's to keep it competitive because because he was so dominant. Yeah, yeah, you know, he was so dominant. So, I mean, now you watch a golf tournament. So you, I mean, the top players are there, but you know, you you don't necessarily know that they're gonna come out on top. Right, because right. every everybody is is right there. Right, you know, right. Whereas when Tiger first came on the scene, he was blowing everybody away. Yeah, the margin of uh between one player to the next is much smaller than it used to be. Yes. Versus, uh, I, I you probably would say like the maybe like the, I would venture to say probably like the top ten are probably so much closer than they used to be because it used to be when Tiger right. was number one. I mean, when he was playing. In his heyday, he was winning like one out of every four tournaments, more than one right. out of four tournaments. So right. it was basically like you showed up. Right playing for second. Yeah, yeah, you playing for second, exactly. You know, so it was right. Hey, it is what it is, you know. Yeah. I wanted to bring you on because I want to talk about this so that uh we can kind of take away some of the stigmas that's kind of associated with it. So tell me, tell me about uh I guess it's been almost two years ago, right? Uh, uh, it's about, about a year ago. About a year? About a year ago. Okay. Well, it, it started a little more than a year ago, but the diagnosis came about a year ago. Okay. So, so tell me what, what initially happened to, to, I guess, get all this started? Well, uh, no, I, I've always been good about taking my yearly physical. You know, and it all started with uh, one of my yearly physicals. Okay. Uh, a number came back abnormal. And, you know, this was with last, last June of 2020. Okay. It's when, it's when the physical was. Well, you know, at that point in time, COVID was, I mean, was ramped up. Right. So, uh, so in that, that time, one of, one of my numbers, Something came back abnormal in in my blood work. Um, so, at that point in time, with COVID being what it was, everything kind of shut down. So, kind of put it on on the back burner. But um, knowing that something was abnormal, it was in the back of my mind to, you know, I didn't want to forget about it to go and see about it. So, um, later on, uh, I say. After well, June, probably in, I couldn't get an appointment. 
Uh, no, my doctor referred me out to a urologist because my PSA number was high. Yeah. And you no know, PSA, that's the prostate specific antigen. And I think it's what it what it what that uh, acronym stands for. But my number was very high. And he referred me out to a urologist. Well, uh, this was maybe when he when I got the referral, maybe late August. Well, everything was so backed up. I couldn't get in to see the urologist until like mid or late September, something like that. So I, I went in and saw the um, urologist, talked to him, and where well, they set me up for a biopsy. And, you know, uh, now, first they took my PSA again. It was actually higher <laughs> when they took it at the urologist's office than it was a couple months prior in my doctor's office. Yeah. So, but you so, had, so, before, you had gotten um, your PSA numbers checked before and they were normal. Right. So, but this year when you went back, it was abnormal. It was high. And then even yeah. higher two or three months later, once you got to see the urologist. Right. Okay. Right. So he, they set me up for a biopsy okay. and I had, um, had the biopsy and it came back that, you know, I had uh prostate cancer. Okay. So that, that in itself is a sobering, I mean, just, just think of the worst thing that you can hear in your life. Right, right. You no, know, you sitting in a, in a little, probably about a ten by ten room with a total right. stranger. Right. And he tells you something that changes your life. Right. But it was heavy. It was oh, heavy. Absolutely. I didn't, you know, didn't. Um, it took it took me a little while to absorb that and to come to terms with the diagnosis. But you know, after I had a little while to deal with that, then my my focus changed from what I have to okay, what do we do now? Right, right. So he, uh, we after we got the biopsy results, um, start talking about plans of plan of actions and and treatment. So I had two options, really. Um, I could uh, opt for radiation which they would radiate the prostate and, um, you know, hopefully kill all the cancer. Or I could have a prostatectomy and have it, have it removed. Mm -hmm. Well, and, uh, I, being uneducated about, you know, everything prost about prostate cancer, I, we have um, some good friends who, a good friend who is a doctor. So we called him up and talked to him about it. And, you know, as soon as we started telling him what was going on, he said, get it removed. Because, you know, his father passed from prostate cancer. Mm. And um, his father, his, his father, um, who was a physician, he elected to have radi radiation and, and instead of having it removed. And his cancer came back. Mm. So um, with that little piece of information, I proceeded to try to educate myself the best I could about it. You know, and uh, I mean, that education was sober. Man, it's, there are so many black men who yeah. are affected by prostate cancer. 
um, you know, the, some of the statistics were staggering that I found when uh, doing research, like such as one in seven black men will be affected by prostate cancer in their life. Wow. One in seven. That is, that is unbelievable. That, yes, it is. Yeah. And uh, more so than that, black men are almost twice as likely to be affected by prostate cancer than our, than our white counterparts. Nobody wow. knows what. Yeah. But we're almost, almost twice as likely. You know, uh, so before, let's, let me ask you this. Before you got the diagnosis or before that, were there, would you say there were any symptoms that kind of made you say, eh, something ain't right? Yeah, yeah. Looking back on it now, yeah, yeah, there were a couple things that was going on. But, yeah. You no, know, I'm thinking, I'm not thinking in terms of it being prostate cancer. I'm right. thinking, you know, I'm I'm getting older. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking, I'm turning, I'm turning 50. So yeah. this is just part of the aging process. Right, right. Never in my wildest dreams was I thinking that, you know, I would be stricken with prostate cancer. Yeah. Yeah. But so there, there, there were some little warning signs that, yeah. that you can um that uh that would kind of let you know that something's going on. Yeah. And um without being any more specific, you know, if if stuff is if you have unusual things going on, then right. you might need to need to look into it. Right. Um, right. So what did Nisa what was Nisa's reaction? So did was she in the doctor's office with you or did you call her she right was. after? She was in there with she you. Was. She was with me. Okay. Me. What did Nisa so, uh, do? Uh it was just it was like a like somebody like somebody just took the air out of the room. Right. You know, it was just silence. Right. You know, um no, we both shared some tears. And right. uh, you know, and um, it, it's really, I really, after he said that, you know, everything just kind of went blank right. for me. Right. Cause uh, that, I, that was heavy. You know, I've, yeah. I've heard, no, I've heard a lot of people, you know, being diagnosed with cancer in my lifetime. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, you can have faith that God's going to deliver them and this, that, and other. but when it's you, you, yeah. Standing in the fire, um, it's not as easy to, and, and I mean, it's not as easy to to stand up and say, "God's going to deliver me from this," because you right. have, you know, the human human nature tries to kick in, and you know, the enemy, of course, uh, try to attack you and plant different thoughts in your mind. But once I gathered myself and came to terms with the diagnosis and um, my focus changed from, okay, what are the next steps? Then, you know, my prayer was, Lord, just leave me. You know, the word says that God won't put any more on you than you can bear. Right. So I'm thinking at this point, all right, God, you brought me to this. So now I'm leaning on you to take me through. Right. And that's what he did. Right, right, right. So did. you get the you get the diagnosis, um, and you opted for the 
prostatectomy. Yeah, prostatectomy. Prostatectomy. <laughs> hey man, I can't, I can't get out of yeah. here. I'm not yeah, a doctor. I, I had to go too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm gonna tell you something that's funny. You know, you fill out them forms when we when I get out my DOT every year, and you gotta say what surgeries you had. So I had my gallbladder removed. So every time I have to look up, how do you say gallbladder removing? It's it's cholesterol or something. Every time yeah. I have to look it up because I can't never remember how to say yeah. it. Right. Yeah. So you opted for that, and um, yes. and uh, let me let me tell you the reason why I okay. opted for that. Okay. Uh, you know, in my conversation with my doctor friend. You know, he he recommended that hair remove, it. and the reason why because a lot of times it returns if you don't have a prostate removal. Was ahead. that a big deal to you? Was that like one of the factors into it? Like, okay, if I'm getting the radiation, you know, what 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 effects is that gonna have on me versus the the, the prostatectomy or whatever? Well, no, that that wasn't my consideration. I'll tell you why. Because my my prostate cancer had spread had spread outside of the prostate into my lymph nodes. Really? Yes. I mean, it, it wasn't much, but it, it was outside of the prostate. So that right there increased my chances right. of it returning. Yeah. So that's why I I elected to have uh, the prostatectomy to have it removed. Right. And uh, in in and they did it robotically, and in the process, they re- removed the surrounding affected lymph nodes. So that's that's why I opted to uh, have it removed because of yeah. that very reason right yeah. there. I didn't want to take the chance on, you know, them radiating and you know not getting it all and returning years later, and you know, I'm st- I wanted to get it out of my body, and you know, and move move forward. So that's why I made the choice. Yeah. To uh have it removed. So you get it removed and well you told us about it. You didn't tell us about it on Thanksgiving. I remember this because right. I'm I was pissed. I'm like me <laughs> you like one of my favorite uncles and we ain't even blood <laughs> uncles like you and you ain't gonna keep this from me. You could have told me, man. I can see not telling the rest of them jokers, but you could have told me, you know. And that's, you know, I was just being selfish, but that's what I was thinking, you know. But I understand why you didn't do it, you know. And I understand we talked about it and, you know, you you didn't want to put a damper on the holidays and stuff like that, you know. And and I understand that or whatever. And, you know, to me, you know, like um, I try my best to be optimistic and um, but I can understand how when it's you, it ain't always easy <laughs> to be very no, optimistic. It's not. You know? It's not. And and that's, it's that's just, it's just human nature, you know. Right. And that's one of the reasons why I kept it, because I had to process it myself. Yeah. You know, I can I can I cannot explain this to you. My nephew, who you know, who I love and who loves me, right? How can I explain to you? And I'm still shaking on, you know, it's <laughs> right, right, that, right. That's gonna make you worry about me more, right, 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 right. So, uh, no, I I had to process it and deal with it and come to grips with it myself, right, right. Before I could I could tell anybody, right, right. So, right. um, and you know, it 
I said that's a heavy diagnosis. Oh yeah, it's very heavy. Very it's heavy. heavy. It's heavy. Yeah. So you 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 get the prostatectomy and well you tell us about it. And did you tell everybody the same time? I can't remember. Yeah, about the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And so and then you get it, you had the procedure. What was it like in December? Wasn't it January? In February. February? February. February yeah, it was February. Right. This year. Right. Because yeah. we was gonna go, we was gonna plan a trip. And then that's when we found out about it or whatever. Mm-hmm. To go on the golf trip or whatever. I remember, yeah. So have you been back um to the doctor? Have they checked your numbers again? Or yes. are, are, are those so once you have it, do you still even get those numbers? since you don't necessarily yeah. have a prostate anymore. Uh, yes, you do. You still okay. get those numbers. Yeah. I, all right, I, I had the surgery, and uh, the surgery was an eight-hour surgery. Wow. I was in surgery for eight hours, and they removed it robotically. And like I said, they removed the lymph nodes. And, uh, man, that was an ordeal in itself. Yeah. Um, but anyway, after, after that, you know, after I kind of healed from that and I went back to the doctor's office, you know, I guess probably six weeks later, they took my PSA. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when I went to, when they first took it at the urologist's office, my PSA was 41. It's supposed to be like one or two. Okay. Mine was 41. When it when I when they took it a couple months prior to that in my doctor's office, it was thirty-nine, I believe. Mm-hmm. So a couple months later it went from thirty-nine to forty-one. Mm-hmm. And uh after surgery they took it. It was uh what was that number? Like it was less than zero point nine. Mm-hmm. So it went it went all the way down. But right. Right. Um, they, you know, they they want it even lower than that. So, um, they I start I they give me some uh, some tablets to take mm-hmm. some uh, like hormone tablets because, <laughs> ironically enough, prostate cancer feeds on testosterone. Wow. Yes. That is terrible. Yeah, it feeds on testosterone. So right. He gave me some hormone tablets to to block my testosterone. Yeah, testosterone. yeah. So that number could went on down. Right. Um, and I took those tablets for I don't know, a couple a month or two, and uh, after that I went back and my number it it went down a little bit more, but it still wasn't where they wanted it to be. So. Um, now I'm in the process. I'm what uh, nine months out from surgery, and I'm doing now what they call hormone therapy, mm-hmm. where I get a shot every six months. Um, a shot for to keep my testosterone levels low. Yeah. So because that's what the um, prostate cancer feeds off of. Yeah. And uh, some. Else that I I haven't disclosed is that, you know, um, I opted to have the radiation treatment as well, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll tell you why, because 
uh, because my cancer had spread outside of Christ State, um, I wanted to, they they recommended that I had a radiation to get anything that they may have it missed. missed. Yeah. yeah. So just last week, I finished up a seven-week course. I didn't know that, me. Yeah, I, I tell you, I didn't, I didn't disclose. We're gonna have to have a talk, me. We gotta go behind the shed, man. <laughs> well, you can whoop me while I, once I get a hundred percent. What you say? Don't kick a man while he's down, huh? Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I went through that, and um, you know, most most people get uh, radiation and chemotherapy mixed up. They two different things. Yeah. The chemo is uh, when they give you the IV and run the, run that chemo fluid into your body. Right. Radiation, they put you in a machine like an MRI machine. Oh, okay. And they send radiation to a specific area. Yeah, okay. The area to eradicate the cancer cell. Okay. Yeah, I think that's um similar to what Les had before they yeah. removed his liver. He before he got a transplant. Yeah. Well, it might have been after. No, it was before he got a transplant. Yeah. They did the whatever it is that targets the the immediate area, wherever the cancer yeah, that's, is. That's radiation. Yeah. So he I, I know he didn't do the chemo because I would remember. Yeah. Um because you're right, because the chemo affects you a lot worse than the radiation yeah. does. That's when yeah. you get the hair loss and all yeah. that. You have symptoms from radiation, but yeah. nothing like nothing like chemotherapy. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one that gives you the nausea and you weak and you can't really do anything and like two or three loss. days after. Yeah, hair loss and yeah. all that. Yeah, yeah. So, wow, man. So, we're going we to... Hey, man. <laughs> you suppose we, we got to be praying at these numbers. These numbers keep on going down, which they are. I believe yes. it. They and, um, oh, let me just... I, I had... I went back to... My urologist on the uh, I want to say the fourth of this month. Mm-hmm. And my number was less than zero point one. Less than zero point one. Yeah, that's that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's yeah, yeah. So, but uh, I, you know, and th- which brings me to the reason why I agreed to do this. Um, you know, as I said. Uh, earlier in the interview, one in seven black men will be touched by prostate cancer in their life. Uh, black men are twice as, almost almost twice as likely uh, to, almost twice more likely to get pres- prostate cancer than our male white counterparts. Yeah. And we're more than two times more likely to die from it. Yeah. And and that's and this and I knew those numbers, yeah. And that's is why I wanted to do this because so many of us we ignore the signs, we right. don't get our yearly physical. Thank God that you was getting your yearly physical, amen. Because yeah. otherwise you wouldn't even have a number to go off of. You right. wouldn't even know. You wouldn't be able to say. Say for instance, if your original number was let's say one, and it went to three. You wouldn't even know that it's going up because you don't have anywhere to start. You don't right. have a baseline. Right. Right. You know, so you know, is and 
going from one to three might not sound like a lot, but then it tells somebody something. Something right. going on. But see, if, if a urologist see that number, they're going to they gonna, gonna check you out because right. that, that's not normal. Right. It ain't, it's not supposed to do that. Right. Right. So that's what I'm saying. So like you, you wouldn't even know having anything to start if you're not going to get your yearly physicals. And we, and I hate to say it, but as men, sometimes we don't want to go to the doctor and right. we just say, oh, that's just this or that. Well, you don't know that unless you go to the doctor and you get right. checked out and you know for sure right. that, okay, this is just my back hurting. It ain't my kidney, you know, or this right. is just uh, uh, my knee hurting me and it ain't uh, something else going on, you know. And um, I'm just glad you came on, man, and you willing to talk about it. And, you know, this is to help somebody. Yeah, and that that's the reason I agreed to do it because – you know, if I could just help, you know, one other person to avoid, you know, what what I've been through is worth it. Because, you know, uh, I, I was my motto now is know your number, right? Know your number, right? And you know, it's it's simple. They they can do the test when you go in and take your physical. And if you are a black man that's forty five years of age or older, you need to have your PSA checked every year. Hey, man. Every year. I'm 43, and I'm specifically, when I go to my doctor, I got a physical coming up at the end of the month. I'm specifically telling her, you need to get, hey, check my numbers, because I want to yes. know. I, right. I, you know, and this, right. is, this is how we avoid the death part of it, is when you get your yeah. numbers checked and you catch it early. Right, right. And Probably no, 100 yeah. out of 100. If you catch this stuff early, it can it can not only prolong your life, but yes. it can make it to where it won't be as bad. Right. It it's it's, it's definitely prostate cancer is definitely survivable. And as, as with anything, the earlier you catch it, the better. Right. The better. Right. Um and you know that like I said, that's that's primarily why I want to do this because if it can help somebody else to avoid this, you know, and it's not something that you want to be guessing about. Right. And if you have a history of prostate cancer in your family, you need to start early. Right. You need to start early. You know, I'm, I'm going to have a conversation with my boys. I'm, I'm going to recommend that they start having theirs checked at 40. Right. Because right. I had. Right. Right. And you no, know, my my dad died young, so to my knowledge, he was never stricken with it, nor was my grandfather. But yeah. I had I had an uncle who passed from prostate cancer on my mother's side. Wow. So it is it, in my family. Right. You know right. I mean? Right. So then right. that don't necessarily that doesn't necessarily mean that you no know, um my my boys are predisposed to it. Right. I want them to be aware. Right, absolutely. It's a test now where they check, they check my DNA to see if I'm a carrier of, of or, or if I have an abnormal cell or something that predisposes people in my family to uh, cancer. Really? Yeah. And I, did, I, I should get those results back in uh, 
couple of weeks. Yeah. In three weeks, I think. Um, and surprisingly enough, uh, well, surprisingly, in talking with the the genetic doctor who, you know, who, who kind of oversees this, that that possible gene that no, it's like a gene therapy type thing. Right, right. It's not therapy, but they they check your genes to see if you carry this marker that passes the um passes passes a trait along to your offspring that predisposes them to cancer. Right. And it didn't and surprise it surprised me to find out that 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 marker affects your daughters more so than it does your son. Wow. It predisposes predisposes them to um to breast cancer. Yeah. So I mean, it, all of which is if detected early, it's a viral. Right. That right. Early detection is right. is the key. But right. I mean, man, I've had got gotten a world class education. Okay? I, I see. Geneticists did tell me that it's it's very unlikely that I'm a carrier of yeah. that that gene. Yeah. She yeah. said it, it's probably I. I don't remember what the percentage chance she said, but it's very unlikely that I carry it. But me having gone through what I went through, I want to know for certain for yeah. my kids. Right, right. For right. my kids. And also for uh, my sisters as right. well. Right. And, you know, my, my older sister got sons. Yeah. Well, um, you know what, something I, I remember when you was, you were saying... Um, the numbers on how likely it is for black men to get it. And this is something mm-hmm. that I recently found out because I actually went to a doctor and she was looking at my white blood count and my white blood count was like really, really low. Not really, really low, but really low. And mm-hmm. she went back and looked at it and it's always been low. And so she sent me to the blood doctor. I called the doctor to make the appointment or whatever. And the lady answered the phone and she like, you know, she say uh, cancer center or something. I'm like, what the? Yeah. Hold up, I'm calling right. to get the blood doctor. Right. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not calling to talk to the cancer doctor. Yeah, and, and make them find out they're one and the same or whatever. The blood doctor yeah. is the cancer doctor because you know whatever. And come to find out that dark skinned men sometimes their white blood count level is low for whatever reason. They don't really know why. They just know yeah. that in dark-skinned men, it's like, it's like that. So I asked my dad, and he was like, I don't know. I didn't, you know, I don't think mine is or whatever. You know, he's never been told yeah. that or whatever. So, of course, when they, I hear that, you know, I got to go look it up because I'm like, you know, <laughs> I need to know what's going on, you know. Right. And, um, you know, come to find out it's just something about being dark skinned or whatever that for whatever reason some of us have low white blood counts and i was gonna say that uh, i was reading something that says that when your vitamin d is at a certain level that increases your chances of cancer too which Mm -hmm. when you're dark skinned you don't get vitamin d like other people do because you dark skin, so the sun doesn't necessarily penetrate your skin like everybody else's right. or whatever, you know, however it does or whatever. Right. And so I wonder if that has something to do with it. I don't know. I was just me and my uh, well, it's mind funny, mind. You, 
it's funny you mentioned vitamin D because when I went for my physical, when you know, my PSA number was abnormal, my vitamin D was very low. Yeah. It was low. And I started yeah. taking, you know, a vitamin D supplement supplement right. after right. that. And, right. Um, but I never thought that as much as I'm outside in the sun, that my vitamin D would be low. <laughs> we we work in the same place, so that's what I was thinking. I was like, right. as much as I'm out in the sun, what does I play golf in the sun? Man, I know my vitamin D can't be low, you know. Right. And uh, but I take a I take a supplement for it now, and like, you know. I don't know if it has something to do with it or not, but you know, we got to do everything that we can and God right. handle the rest. We can't we can't right. put everything on him. We got to do our part. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So no, like I said, man, know know your numbers. Yeah. Know your yeah. numbers. Yeah. Have them check. Have them check. Don't don't speculate. And if, like you say, if you got something going on that's abnormal, go to the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. No, have it have it checked out, man, because you know, uh, it might save your life. <laughs> right, right. Just being being blunt, it might save your life. It now, definitely can. And all the the research and stuff that I've done and my looking up, that you don't have to die from prostate cancer. No, it's not. It's not a death sentence. Right. But it's, this has been a journey. Um, it's giving me a new lease on life. Um, I look at things differently. I look at things differently because, uh, man, I some trying times in dealing with this. Yeah. Um, now, now I tell my wife all the time that I don't take feeling good for granted anymore. I, I, I can recovering from that surgery. Yeah. Dude, I, man, it was some days where I'm like, Lord, I don't know how I'm gonna make it through this because this yeah. right here. Well, you you kind of feel like kind of feel like Joe, uh, in a sense, not right. not just like Joe, because right. of course I ain't go through nothing like what Joe went through. Right, you right. you get a you start feeling like that, yeah, and you know, and my one of my favorite scriptures is though he slay me, yes, yet will I trust in him. Yeah, and you know. While I'm going through all this, I still trust you, God. Absolutely. I still trust you. Absolutely. And uh, you you have to get to you have to get to the point where you can say that and be authentic with. Absolutely. You know? So, um, but you know, I I thank him for bringing me through. I'm you know I'm uh I ain't all the way out uh out of it, but you know my prognosis is good. Um. No, I I don't expect to it to return to anything, but you right. know, only God knows. Right, right. God, knows, but I ain't I ain't living in fear. Absolutely you know? not. Absolutely I'm not. Going, I'm going on with my life. I'm you know, and uh, like I said, I got a new lease on life, a new perspective, and tomorrow's not promised. So, yeah. you know, uh, things that I've been wanting to do that I've been putting out. Hey, I'm making plans. <laughs> hey, hey, that's I'm all you plans. can do. That's I ain't getting get no younger. Yeah, ain't none of us getting no younger. Every time that yeah. clock tick, we're getting older. <laughs> right. Yeah. But that's better than the alternative, though. God brought me through it. Absolutely. But God gave me a, a wife that is truly my crutch. She held me up. Yeah, yeah. She, I, you know, she had to take her time she had, her, had to have her time to process and deal with it. 
And uh, but you know, she been there with me every step of the way, man. I was so thankful. I was yeah. so thankful. And, and you know, I just and a lot of times I kind of felt like I couldn't really show how I was truly feeling because right. I didn't want to, you know, um, burden her because she was already worried about me. But that wasn't the case. Yeah. You know, she was just, just being there, being a good wife, being a good partner, being, you know, my prayer partner, uh, praying for me, you know, just just taking care of me, man. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Um, you know, dealing with any kind of diagnosis is, is an ordeal. Uh, you have to have uh, a good support group. Right. And, uh, you know, you're a part of my support group, but I, I chose to delay, you know, inform you of what was going on with me because I know how you feel about me. Yeah. And like I said, it was around the holidays and, uh, you know, I, I didn't want to want to put that, that cloud over, you know, the family's holiday. Cause, yeah. you know, um, cause I, I, I know how I would take it. Yeah, yeah. Somebody told me, you know, yeah. that that would kind of be heavy on me during the holidays, and I didn't, I didn't want to burden the, burden the family with that. So yeah. that's why I went on to. Yeah, it wasn't trying to keep it, you know, um, but like, I, I had the process at first myself, and then once I got to the point where, you know, I I was on my got my foot in under me about it, then I was ready to share. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally understand, man. You know, I'd be joking about it, but, yeah. you know, um, I, I just trust God, man. I, I know God yeah. going to do what he going to do. Well, most definitely. Know? And definitely. I, I, I just know, you know, I try my best to do my part, and he he can work the stuff out that I know I can't, right. that I can't do nothing about, you know. And, uh, yes, and I just believe and trust in him. That's why I know you're getting through this, man. And, and we ain't got to worry about that no more. I don't wish this on, on no one. I don't wish it on no one. Nah, but, I, I, you know, I, I, there's a there's a lesson in it. And God allowed me to go through this for a reason. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to help somebody. Yeah. It's going to help somebody. Yeah. Hopefully it helps some fellas out here, man. They go get checked out. And, you know, even the women, don't be hesitate to go get checked out. Whatever going on with you, you know, I know most women don't have an issue with it because they get they woo-ha and all their stuff checked out on a regular basis. You know, it'd be us. Yeah. Be, I ain't going to, man, take your tear to the doctor, man. I, right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you this real quick. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed because one of my boys was having some issues and, he sat around and didn't go to the doctor, which made it a little worse. But he finally went on and went or whatever. When when it was unbearable, he couldn't deal with it no more almost. And uh, you know, I ain't guess, that like uh, ain't that like us? Yeah, it's just like I'm like, hold up, bro. You ain't never know me not to go to the doctor. I go, man. I can be yeah. snot boogers and be like, hey man, I just feel like crap. I'm going to the doctor. I need a cocktail right. shot. Some I need something. Some, make me feel better. Man, that's what I'm talking about. I can't lay up in the bed. I I got to go play some golf or something. I got to do something. I ain't got time for this. Man, I I don't take for granted. I don't take feeling good for granted anymore. Hey, I'm telling you, your your story is letting me know uh, that I don't need to take it for granted anymore either. I can tell you that. Yeah. 
if I can get up out the bed, I need to make something happen. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and my, my words to anybody who might be listening to this, you know, it, especially if you're in your mid forties, mid, uh, you're in mid forties or older and you don't know what your PSA is, you need to have a check. Yeah. Yeah. Know, know your status, know, know your number. Right. It might save your life. Absolutely. It might save your life. All right, bro, Meech, I appreciate you, man. Yes, sir. Thank right, you man. for having me. Have a good one, man. Are you too, all right? All right, now, man. All right. I work too hard tomorrow, now. You know me. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Burn the Edge podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today uh, with my uncle, Tamichi. Uh, it's just a testimony to show that uh, we can, when you are aware and you're doing something about your health, we have to take it seriously if we want to live and continue to have a prosperous life. We have to do our parts. I'm going to be going to the North American Finals of the Amateur Players Tour at Pinehurst, North Carolina. I hope you all wish me luck. I'm going to go out here and try to see what I can do and make some noise in Division 5. I want to wish all the players that listen and everyone out there the best of luck and play well. Hopefully the Memphis tour can bring home some trophies. Our new tour director, Russell Cook, maybe he can lead the team and bring home some hardware or bring home some cash. Please like, follow, subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Check us out on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, Podbean, and also Amazon Music. Please leave your comments, any thoughts and concerns you might have about the show. It's going to be coming up soon to the end of the season with the North American Finals this week. Probably going to try to do, um, it won't be a post every week, but we're going to have some guys coming up that's going to give you some tips that you can work on during the off season while you're sitting around the house. Thank you again for listening to the Run the Edge podcast.